Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I cannot stop thinking about Cozy, which is some of the most thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living that I've ever seen. And we have talked about Cozy's beautiful products before, but I really want to harp on the Cozy experience itself, because not only is the delivery fast and free, but the purchasing process itself is actually fun. As someone who is notoriously bad at making decisions and commitments to things, the fact that Cozy allows me to fully customize pieces and to then physically see them in my space through an augmented reality, well, they fully eliminated my fear of commitment. And when I say the furniture itself is so elegant, I mean it. Everything is carefully designed in Canada with the intention to enhance any space with high quality products at a fair price. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com to start customizing your furniture today. That's C-O-Z-E-Y dot com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. But I think it's equally as important to know what you do with that time if you had it. But learning how to prioritize what's important to me didn't come naturally. It's taken a lot of wonderful loving people, including a couple of really great therapists, to get me there. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do believe the world would be so much better if everyone had access to a good therapist that did the right thing for them. But until we get to my perfect utopia, I will never stop searching for ways to make self-help and therapy and life improvement more accessible. So if you have personally been thinking of starting therapy, maybe BetterHelp is the right thing for you. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And ideally, if you find the right match for you, we can all learn how to make time for what makes us really happy. Visit betterhelp.com slash makeyourbed today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash makeyourbed. So you'll appreciate this. I started modeling when we used film. So it was like, before they hit click, it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. The digital world is a, it's, it's a different world now. It's like the margin for error is not, there is, the whole thing is a margin for error. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can fix it in real time. You can fix it in post. Yeah. With digital, you can just keep snapping and like kind of get a lot more opportunity. Right. So with film, it drilled it into my head. There was no airbrushing. It was like going to be perfect because you only had 30 shots per roll. Everything was on the clock. So yeah, drilled it into my head, get it done in reality. And it's easier that way. It's such good advice though. It really is important to like a good thing to have drilled in, but also it could backfire because we can get a little meticulous sometimes, but it's probably Mm -hmm. good. It's better to be meticulous and then get it right. Yeah. It's the measure twice, cut once principle. Yeah. Welcome to Make Your Damn Bed podcast. This is an extended episode, which I'm very excited about. And today I am joined by a very special guest. I'm Dr. Dorsey Sterling from New York City. Hell yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. What is it that you do, Dr. Darcy? I am a relationship therapist, so I teach individuals relationship skills. Badass. I am going to hire you. (laughs) But underscore, not couples. I am not a couples counselor. Just about handle one person in the room at a time. I do not do two. My wife 
is the person who works with couples. Oh, I don't work with couples. Y'all got the whole market cornered here. I like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We got it locked in the Sterling household here. I do like the idea of a singles couples counselor, like this idea that you do one individual because it is all about healing your individual wounds first before you should even get into relationships. And as a single person who has been in long-term relationships and a lot of them toxic, uh, it is important to like really be able to work on that outside because I talked to my therapist recently and he was like, yeah, you're pretty well healed, Julie. You're very self-aware. You keep assessing these things. He's like, but some of these wounds can't be healed while you're single. Like, because some of those wounds are only triggered in relationships so you kind of got right, it right and I was like damn it <laughs> it's not it's terrible no it's kind of terrible so that's the crazy part of our own healing when I first start working with a client I would love for the client to like kind of go on a dating sabbatical especially if they're single like obviously if they're in a relationship I'm not going to tell them to break up mm-hmm. but it's <laughs> but usually they should <laughs> actually not I mean and and I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, presuming they're single, it's actually easier for me to do some healing and help interrupt the patterns of how they habitually have related in the past when there's not a partner triggering them left and right. But then there comes a tipping point where I'm just like, okay, it's time to like free you in your natural habitat and let you out. And I need to see what you do so I can kind of run interference and and watch the whole thing happen. So we almost as a litmus test to see how sticky, how well and deep was the healing? How deeply did we heal Mm -hmm. you? Because it's almost like, you know, you're going to, nobody will ever trigger you the way an intimate partner will, except your mother. 100% because it is it's yeah that intimacy does create weird aggression for some people too and like I know me and my family dynamics and I have all these like assessments on I do change and the goal to me is to be in alignment all the time with my best highest self quote unquote and I hate saying that but you know what I mean like to be my purest me even in the boardroom when I'm in a meeting when I'm with my family that's the dream and that makes you feel the most seen but I do find myself when I get in relationships to like ebb into just this different people pleasing kind of a accommodating kind of commitment phobic but like anxious attachment person and it is really weird to see in real time but also be aware of it and like recognize your like habits but I believe that that does happen to a lot of people and I used to say this about the family thing was I will never say I'm official with anybody until I see them interact with their family because they all regress to like childhood dynamics and I'm like oh you're kind of mean to your mom or whatever you know like just to see in real time. Yeah, we all regress. Mm-hmm. Everybody I does. I do too, for and sure. Can I just tell you, Julie, like your therapist, props to him, like is doing a very good job. Like you speak the language like a pro. This is also me. It's you. I love my therapist, uh-huh. but this is, I'm obsessed with psychology. I've taken so many courses. I was going to be a therapist, but I gave up on school systems a minute ago because I was a school teacher. But yeah, I want to be a therapist. I just like, that's kind of what my podcast is oh, in theory is just like all the things I collect from brilliant people. And I just just kind of put little snapshots in for more bite-sized therapy, ideally. But obviously, I'm not qualified, so I will never claim it. I always say they're my opinions, but it's my obsession. I'm obsessed I with love that. Uh, psychology. So I really am like fairly self-aware, and I do like to – I'd love to talk about it. So I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah, 100%. Right. And so it's not just about – the reason I work with individuals is not exclusively because I want people to heal themselves before they go into a relationship, although – you know, newsflash, that is 100% 
like two thirds of the work. Mm-hmm. But relationship skills are so powerful. We all have them. They're relationship patterns. They are how we communicate. They're how we interact. They're how we say goodbye, how we say hello to each other, how much time we like to spend in the company of another person. Yeah. How we disagree. Are we disagreeable when we disagree? How do we fight? Do we know how to have a fight? How do we make up? Do we know how to repair? Crucial. Yeah. When you're getting married, you're marrying somebody you're going to fight with for the rest of your life. So is that the person? I mean, when you're you're in any kind of relationship, you're going to be having a dialogue with that person and they're not, you're not always going to agree, nor are you meant to because you're meant to be an individual. Yeah. So when I work with an individual, I wind up teaching them relationship skills and those skills become airborne and contagious in the relationship. Right. So without even meaning to teach them, and I always caution my clients against teaching nothing sexy about being the therapist in the relationship or the coach in the relationship. No, you're not attracted to your children. Like I hated being like a mother figure, like the emotional baggage holder for my relationship. So freaking annoying. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's the wrong stuff. So always best to just, you work on yourself. You use your new budding, evolving relationship skills And in the interactions that you have with your partner, you're going to break bad cycles because you're changing. It just takes one person to change an entire relationship. And I've I've built an entire career on that. Um, Also, that's kind of my lazy way out of saying, I I can't handle two people at once. So I found a back door. No, I totally did. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's brilliant. It's just specialized therapy, which we all kind of sometimes want. I mean, if you look on, I'm on tarot TikTok because I'm obsessed, but there's Stop it. there's a lot of people that will only do relationship readings and people get really obsessed with that. And to me, tarot is just another way, another form of therapy, because it is just like, here's your situation that you're assessing with your eyes. Let's pull a card and see how you can relate that back to your situation with a new perception. And I kind of love that. I think that the therapeutic aspect of tarot is really cool. But when I see people in the comments on these relationship things, you can tell that they do need specialized like individual, like they're just obsessing over an ex or they're obsessing over whatever, but they get so deep in this relationship tarot that people will like specialize in that. And I really think it's kind of the same thing that we're all seeking is, can I do this on my own to be the best partner. You like I think it's a great idea. And even beyond intimate relationships, it's just the paradigm, it's the lens through which like you'll appreciate this as a photographer. The mm-hmm. lens through which I see everything. So not everybody comes to me because they have a relationship struggle or because they're single and want to be in a relationship. Sometimes they come to me because they're having career issues or they're having problems with their family of origin, but it always boils down to relationship skills. Yep. Because None of us live in a vacuum. None of us live in a bubble. We have to deal with human beings. And if you have relationship skills, you have superpowers. Truly. And we are like so community-based and we're never taught communicate. You are taught your relationship skills from your parents and your parents were never taught. And they were taught by- Preach. No, they learned from their grandparents. It's intergenerational. Yeah. It's just so toxic. And then they try to do a little better and not become their parents, but then you do and you slowly become, and you're like, shit, I'm doing that thing. You know? Oh, it's so annoying. And, And let me just tell you, one of my closest childhood friends had- came from like this idyllic family scenario. Her parents 
remain my relationship role models. They are the people I aspire to be like. When I'm trying to be my best self, I imagine, try to imagine what my friend's mom would be saying to my friend's dad. I love this strategy. So she came from the most ideal scenario I've ever seen. And and you know, when your kids, like you really see the nitty gritty of your friend's houses, you know, it's not like you just see the version that they show you on holidays when, you you know, parents literally forget that their kids' friends are there. And so you see the down and dirty of what's going on in that house. These people had such uncommon sense and they were so good to each other and they just intuitively knew how to resolve things. They intuitively knew how to speak to each other. They are two of the wisest people I know anyway. That's nice you had that in childhood. I didn't see a good relationship till I was like 40 (laughs) and I'm 34. (laughs) He remains just about the only one I have. Now, fast forward, she and I both get married. You would think that she has the best relationship skills in the world, right? Terrible. It's not that they're terrible. It's that it looks so seamless. It's like watching the Olympics and hoping to learn through the performance. Okay. It's like when you're so good at something, they don't break it down and teach it. They're not going to the PowerPoint presentation and zooming out. It's just the language you learned. Yeah. Right. Now, Susie, please pay attention to the the way I just responded to your mother. Like they weren't doing any of that. So she didn't necessarily learn the skills just because if you happen to be lucky and hit the family lottery, you will not necessarily learn the relationship skills that you need because skills have to be taught. Interesting. Right? Like that you come from education also. Yes. We have to teach them and we don't. Yeah. And I think the best way to teach is through like teaching someone else is the best way to learn. Like when you want to learn something, you need to teach someone else that skill. And I think that is where your point earlier when you were like, oh, it kind of trickled down or whatever. I can't remember the the thing you said. It was like- Intergenerational. That's how we learn relationship skills. Yeah. One generation without meaning to winds up teaching their relationship skills to the next generation. Yeah. And, and because none of us were taught correctly, yeah. none of us get it right. Yeah. And it's where you're comfortable. I have found that I personally had to unlearn that arguing and bickering wasn't a love language. You know, I was like, when we're not bickering, I was kind of uncomfortable in my college relationships. And I'd be like, well, this is how you show love that you like kind of pick at each other. And I dated kind of like passive people that were like, no, that does not feel good. And they were very communicative with that. And I was like, oh, okay. Because when you love somebody, you pick on them. I'm a, I'm a comedian. And so I had to kind of learn how to do it in my way that isn't the gross way that my family modeled. Mm-hmm. And I found myself even more. Because we linked that up. That was so, I've never heard anybody phrase it like that. And that's so well expressed. The way we learn how we learn how to love in our childhood homes. So whatever our parents did or didn't do with us, we linked up with love. Similar to you, but a little bit more extreme because most of my life has been pretty extreme. I grew up with a an emotionally abusive dad who terrified everyone in the family. And when he would scream and act like a nut, I would look at my mom like, hello, why aren't you like, yeah. why aren't you protecting us? And she would say, honey, it's just that daddy loves you so much that he cares so much. People yelling is love. Yeah. That is why. So then what do you think my relationship template, template was moving forward? And like you- 
Yeah. If they weren't on fire and fighting, right? If they weren't somebody who leaned into a fight and fought the way I fought, I 100% thought they were disengaged and didn't give a shit about me. Yeah. You're like, this isn't passionate or whatever. And it's, it's, you're like, no, passion is not always a sign of good like or healthy. Well, or rather, we don't all respond to stress the same way. There are different ways that people respond to stress. It's fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. So in modern day, if you're lucky enough to live in a developed country and, you know, be resourced, you don't necessarily take your your gloves off, you know, if you've got the fighting style. What you do is you lean into disagreements. You are very verbal. You like to do th- hash things out in the here and now. You have a low ability to postpone resolving conflict. Yeah, get it done. Yeah, because otherwise I'm going to dwell on it and it's going to ruin my freaking day. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And But like there are freezers and, and flighters. And we often try to rectify our childhood wounds by attracting. So we're attracted to the freezers and the flat, like us fighters get attracted to the wrong types of people. And because of the fact that we're trying to like resolve old relationship wounds that we're like, oh, well, if I make him love me or them love me or her love me because I couldn't get my brother or my sister or my dad or my aunt, whoever yelled at me, because that's what I found too, is I would be attracted to the opposite type and be like, why do I keep following into these patterns with people I know I'm not compatible with? That's so interesting. And they would communicate with me and be like, so it would prove to me like my like brain, my logical brain that they did love me at their capacity. And they did prove me wrong that I could be loved by these people. But it still wasn't in the way that I needed to be loved. So it never actually rectified that wound. And so I had to look at who I was being attracted to and just kind of go into basically, Julie, you're screwed no matter what, whether you're whether whether you're unaware of your relationship habits or consciously aware of them the way I was. Yeah. <laughs> like so I went into relationships not wanting my father, clearly. Right. So I intently, consciously chose partners very different. Right. And then when they okay. didn't react the way I reacted when there was a disagreement, made me feel unloved. So you're screwed either way. Julie. But the good news is, is that there's opportunities to heal that either way. It doesn't matter which way you go. Yeah, it's not hopeless. It is that like compromise. You can kind of lean in together and be like, oh, I could be a little more passive and they could be a little more aggressive or whatever. Like it may be, obviously I'm being belligerent with the words I'm using with passive and aggressive, but you get it. No, 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 no. (laughs) Look, all of our character traits are strengths in certain environments. Right. But then we get into other environments and they become detriments. They become weaknesses. Our greatest Uh strengths are our greatest weaknesses. So until we build dials around these strengths of ours, and I'm miming dials for your listeners. Yeah. um, (laughs) Until we build these dials and these (laughs) controls, like, you know, um, your ability to articulate yourself and to lean into a disagreement and to think on your feet is a strength until it is so overwhelming to your partner that it causes them to freeze because they can't think as quickly as you can. So they shut down, their brain shut down. So what you want to do is you want to be able to dial that down a little bit so that you can slow down the cadence a little bit with your partner. And you want to soften your voice. Like I'm a passionate Mm -hmm. person, but when I get upset, I have to like consciously lower my tone and soften it a little bit and try not to sound condescending, which is what I'm feeling like in my head, Um, just to be completely real and transparent. 
But those are good things to like tone down anyway, right? Like they are good things to practice for general speaking. So like, yeah, it's a good thing that your partner kind of pulls that out of you. So it really, it, it does become like, we're attracted to those people for the right reasons, because we know that's what we're kind of missing. But we don't know how to express it because our language is so, because I'm like you, I'm the like. I can 100% yeah. get that. I definitely <laughs> feel that. Now we're very similar. Yeah, we got good energy. I like it. <laughs> I, um. I also think that our partners don't necessarily, I want to just offer a different frame for what you said. Sure. They don't necessarily pull things out of us. What they do, well, I'll just use my relationship as the example. So if I'm like dialed up to 10 and my wife is a freezer who gets overwhelmed by my, the very thing that attracted her attracted her to me in the beginning and keeps her engaged with me and attracted to me mm -hmm. is the thing she likes least about me when we're disagreeing. Yes. So classic. <laughs> so, but, but it's not that she drew it out of me to dial that down. In fact, what happened was there was this longstanding pattern of, we would get in a dis, we would have a disagreement. I would, of course, projectile vomit all my thoughts and feelings onto her, she would become so overwhelmed and paralyzed by that all because she's a human, uh -huh. right? Because now it can be a lot. So until I, and, and she would look like she was stonewalling me, but when it wasn't voluntary, yeah. it's just her nervous system's response style. Yeah. So until somebody pointed that dynamic out to us and was like, Darcy, it starts with you. You have to slow down. Yeah. Don't take it so personally, but yeah, address it. Cause I think that happens too, where you're like, well, this is about me. You like it's, it hurts, you know? And you're like, well, chill out. And then reassess. exactly, yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean it, and it was really empowering for, for me when somebody pointed out to me, Dorsey, if you can lower, if you can lower the volume literally and metaphorically, when you guys are having a disagreement, let's see if that doesn't switch something up in Steph. And it absolutely did. It created the space she needed to lean in. And this is two therapists with these big ass issues. Incredible. Oh, please. <laughs> we could be a reality show. Two therapists who, who refuse to use the skills that we teach Always. day in and day out. Because in our personal lives, we want, we want because at our core, we want this fantasy. We just want to be loved and accepted, mm -hmm. which I'm saying in air quotes, for who we okay. are naturally. But no partner wants that. No. Nobody wants to be in our present, in our presence when we're undisciplined and when we're not trying. Our partners fell in love with us Damn. when we were trying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think we all just want to feel safe like we did when we were babies and nobody wants to date a baby. Like, yeah, I think that's right. like exactly what you're saying. Like, that's so true. That is exactly what I'm saying. And I think that's such a beautiful, I've never really thought about that before, but you're right. Like, cause I do, I want to regress into babydom and like, yeah, that honeymoon period really is. You kind of stop doing your normal tasks. You stop, like, especially when you're in the new relationship. And then when you have to start being a person again, it sucks. And your relationship dynamic changes and when you're like, well, we do have to start working again or we do have to start focusing. Can we do this together? Like probably can't have sex three times a day anymore. Right. Like I can't keep leaving my jobs to go fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Like, it's like, this was fun, but it's not sustainable. And it's not even, and it's like, I mean, you're speaking to an aspect of it that's super conscious mm -hmm. that you're aware of, but there's so much of it that is unconscious, right. which is to say when we are infatuated with someone, our brains become soaked with neural chemicals okay. 
the it's the it's the equivalent of literally what what mothers who are nursing or you're a pet person when we pet our pet our brains secrete certain neural chemicals that make us high literally make us high veil the ability our ability to see the the negative qualities in our partners literally it's just and and that doesn't yeah, that rose color. That glasses. doesn't last for long. That lasts. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. lesbians, you know, you can burn through the honeymoon inside of six months to nine months. If you're Fuck straight, you, you know, you can milk <laughs> that for a year and a half. But outside of that, what goes yeah. up will come down. Those chemicals will dissipate. That is wild how much quicker it is in my, in, I'm bi. So I'm like, it is quicker with women. <laughs> it does fade fast. Right? Isn't it? You're the perfect litmus test. Tell me. It's so true. Is it? The years, the year and a half, I've had honeymoon periods with some men last up to two years and like just blinded by the light. And then some women, I'm like, yeah, it's like you haul, we're married by like month two and we're like okay we we run through the whole relationship trajectory so much faster like the whole thing we're like okay all right we can peace (laughs) right but because there's no person who is socialized to resist the nesting instinct we've got two nesters who were socialized to be in a committed Mm -hmm. relationship or to be in a relationship regardless of the paradigm of it Oh, that's so interesting. I've never really thought about that. This has been the best therapy session I've had in a long time. <laughs> Thank you. No charge for you, Julie. Hell yeah. This is the perks of being a podcaster. <laughs> Where else can I, can I get more therapy from you? What is, how do I find out more? I want more. <laughs> you know, anyone who wants to connect with me can certainly do it on the socials. AskDrDarcy.com. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My website's probably the best place to go. AskDrDarcy.com. Cool. You said you had a project coming up, right? I do. I have a, I am doing a live. So, you know, I don't work with couples. Well, I historically also don't work in group dynamics because the control freak that I am, like if I can't handle two people in a room, last thing I want is 10 people in a room. (laughs) But, you know, we are in a global mental health crisis at the moment. Yes. What with being in the first or the second month of uh, 2022. So I've had to really call upon myself to be flexible in the way the way I meet people's needs. So I'm mm-hmm. doing a group program, which I'm so excited about, for people who have trust issues in past relationships or in their current relationship. So trust yeah. is like such a big problem in relationships. I don't know if you've ever struggled with it, Julie, but I, I should. I've been cheated on a lot, but I, for some reason, I'd never really believed that I could be because I'm so cool. And I'm like, nobody would cheat on me. So even when I do, I'm like, I gaslight myself. It's a whole thing. But no, I ha- I don't have them. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might, you, you might be right about that. You might be too cool to cheat on. I have been cheated on though. <laughs> the thing about trust issues is if you are prone to be deeply, deeply wounded by them, right. then your next partner winds up picking up the tab for what the ex did to you, mm-hmm. unless you do that work. So for people who struggle with trust issues, it's like the it's like the wounds yeah. that just keep showing up again and again and again. So I'm going to do this live program and I'm only going to take 10 people in it. Oh, so for 12 weeks, we're going to hit it hard twice a week live. Oh, that's great. And we're going to do the deep attachment healing that is necessary to heal those trust wounds from the past, regardless of whether a partner cheated on you. Because believe it or not, some people do not even have a history of having been betrayed, mm-hmm. yet they 
they struggle with trust. Yeah, I, it was no shame on people who have trust issues. I get it. I've dated people with trust issues too, but like I understand. But for some reason, I haven't had those with that capacity. But I do find myself having trust issues with abandonment, things like that. So I do find myself falling into those, oh, pushing it onto my next partner and be like, hey, wait, that's a red flag from this guy. Can you elaborate or whatever? So I do, I do think that's, I mean, it can come in different forms, right? <laughs> Your trust issues. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. So, and then there are some people who are on the fence. They're not sure if they have trust issues. So I made a little quiz. If anybody's wondering if they have trust issues and if they're getting in the way of the relationship, answer five questions in 10 seconds and you'll know the answer. And you could just go to thetrustquiz.com, take the quiz. Yeah. And um, I think think it will automatically put you on the wait list for my trust program that's opening up next month. Oh, nice. So yeah. the signups have not started yet, correct? Correct. I have not. Nope. Okay. It is not. There's not even one person registered yet. It's not even available yet. Wow. Yeah. So is it going to be a first come first serve? Are you choosing based on answering questions? How are the people being selected for this exclusive event? Um, literally we have to, I, my team members have to meet with them because you know that the, I don't know if you've ever been in a group before, but they, we need to make sure that everybody who thinks they're ready for the group is actually ready for the group Yeah, and literally is appropriate for the group. So we're going to be meeting with people, having like a 10, 15 minute conversation just to confirm the goodness of fit. That's going to be great. What a fun experience that's going to be for the people in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And like shorter than a college semester, 12 weeks, easy breezy. I'm the one doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. And you got a little cohort to go through with like in college. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I do think that community is so important because yeah. part of the problem with having trust issues is that it's so isolating. Nobody runs around screaming, hey, I got trust issues. Is there like a group of people who want to support me in that? <laughs> no, it's shaming. It's embarrassing. You know, so it'll be so nice to have a, a cohesive group of supportive people, a community. Yeah. Everyone's got the same goal and, you know, we'll learn from each other. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and you said, when do the signups open up? Next month. So, but you can just go to the trustquiz.com okay. and you'll be probably notified. Perfect. Yeah. That'll sign you up for an email. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Yeah. World's worth marketer, probably <laughs> notified, but you know how it is. It's not my jam. Marketing's not my jam. Being a shrink is. That's all that matters. Marketing is not the perfect job for a shrink anyway. They're a little opposite <laughs> in a lot of ways. Well, thank you so much for being here. Did you have anything else you wanted to share or plug or talk about? No, I'm great. I'm great. Is there anything you wanted to go over? Anything we haven't touched on? Um, not really. The trustquiz.com. Yep. And then your uh, contact on Instagram and stuff is what? Oh, let's see. No worries. I can also look it up later. I, I got it. Oh, cool. It's, it's really hard to remember. It's Dr. Darcy Sterling. <laughs> what can I tell you, man? The best. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's just the best note to end on. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. This was really awesome. And I will let you know as soon as this podcast comes out. Goodbye, Dr. Darcy. Bye, Julie. Thank you.